is that's confronting us with diminishing membership and changing attitudes toward religion and what we are doing to meet those challenges. The Kohala Jodo Mission was one of four Buddhist temples in Kohala. The Kohala Hongwanji practices Jodo Shinshu Buddhism and they're located in Halaula. The Kohala Koboji Mission practices Shingyon Buddhism and is located in Kapa'ao. They also run a dojo where they practice and teach Aikido. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I used to do that. The Havi Jodo Mission, our sister temple, is located in Havi. Our temple, the Kohala Jodo Mission, practices Jodo Shu Buddhism. Jodo Shu believes that there is rebirth in the pure land when one passes away. To me, Jodo Shu Buddhism teaches one's path to the pure land, and that is to practice a life of kindness, gratitude, and thoughtfulness. I think these are the most powerful of human characteristics. Our temple was established in 1902, and as I said earlier, it is located two minutes from the fire department. You just go straight up that road, right? Yes. So that was started in 1902? 1902. Wow. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, because we are located away from the highway, yeah. people often confuse us with the other Buddhist temples. The ones that are on the, uh, on the main road. Yes, yes. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, the building, uh, our plantation green with white trimmings. So as you head up that road, you will see this green building with white trimmings. We say green, uh, plantation green, because during the plantation days, there are so many, I can remember, so many homes were painted green. We have remained true to our color scheme to this day. Now, you lived uh, in the Halava camp, you Halava said. camp. Where yes. was that located? In Halava. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> there's okay. a Wuhan. S s oh, yes. Okay, so there's a Wuhan. Yes. It used, there used to be a store, and yeah. now it's a gallery. Right. And there is uh, a Chinese uh Temple right. before that. Tangwo. Tangwo. Okay, if you head up the road, then you will be in Halava. Yeah. I and I, I oh, think Oh, so you I go up the yes, road that'd be Halava Camp. Yes, they call it Halava Camp. That's right, but that's right. I think that area on that highway is Halava. That's right. No, you're right. Yes. You're right. Okay. No, I was wondering where was the camp. Mm -hmm. uh, but now that you mentioned it, yeah, that's right. Okay. And it was a wonderful camp to grow with grow up in. What'd you like about it? Oh, God. I didn't realize uh, how wonderful it was to grow up in a place like Halava until I started to work in um, Los Angeles. Um, the kids growing up in the city did not have the opportunity of going down the river, having a place to swim, to catch fish, they didn't have, uh, we had a uh, park in the middle of the camp where we could play, you know, games, baseball, Was football. this like uh, all different kinds of people? Oh, yes, yes. Um, we had the Filipinos, we had Portuguese, Hawaiian, Japanese. Oh, big camp. Oh, 
When I was growing up, yes. About how many people? You think? Oh, I can't remember. Just, r- just roughly. Oh, maybe 20 to 30 families up oh, there. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Yes. All right. Well, that sounds like a great yes, life. Yes, it, it was. And we had so many things. Uh, you know, back in those days, plantation days, everything was open up to you. So oh. if you took a road, a dirt road, it would lead you to wonderful places. Today, uh, when I came back a few years ago, I tried doing that, and I encountered fences, <laughs> barriers that I couldn't go to anymore. That's right. That's so right. it was a very free way to grow up, and it was wonderful and I didn't realize that until I you know became an adult living in the city yeah Mm -hmm. yeah well interesting but anyway okay so our temple was founded 1902 1902 Mm -hmm. so that's over 100 with what 120 120 years or so yes Mm -hmm. so our temple was founded by the first immigrant workers to Hawaii and ministers who came from Japan some contracted workers helped to build the temple. And looking inside of the temple, you can see the beautiful carvings and, and the beautiful workmanship. Uh, so these were very, very skilled workers that came to Hawaii to build. Oh, these people came to Hawaii. Yes, yes. Oh. Uh, on a temporary basis uh-huh. to help yeah. build temples. And as I understand it, they did that, uh, many of these skilled workers, came to build, help to build other temples too, not just our temple, okay? Okay, and then along the years, our grandparents and parents also, uh, they were very skillful in carpentry. They could do everything. So they helped also to build some of the other buildings that's on our grounds and helped to maintain it throughout the years. So when you walk through the temple grounds, you'll see that, well, you know, they did so much. And they did it themselves. They're very self-reliant. Oh, yeah, abso- they were self-reliant. absolutely. The plantation and people, so it's yeah. very inspiring yeah. to think that they could do all of this. You know, today, my generation, uh, we mow the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> We paint, you know, wash the windows, but we don't have those skills. Those carpentry or building skills. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Because uh, I think back then you had to do for yourself. Yes. Yeah, you know, yeah. you want to do uh-huh. something, you get, get your friends together. Right, so yes, we always have to reach out yeah. when we have to um, replace a rotten wood or a termite wood. We always have to reach out now to friends who have those skills. Yeah. And they're getting... Uh, lesser and lesser. <laughs> they <laughs> so have more past and future. Yes, so, you know, it may come a day very shortly where we have to contract this work out. Oh, yes. 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 Mm-hmm. But I, I do have a wonderful brother who just retired and he's in investments, he's uh, building homes to sell. And so he's learning some of these skills. So he's been wonderful to have around. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Wayne. Okay. That's your brother? Yes. <laughs> he lives here? Uh, no. Oh. Um, most of the time he lives in Hilo. Oh, Hilo. And on the weekends <coughs> he still comes home because he knows he has two dogs and two sisters waiting for him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and having all these chores to do. <laughs> uh, we also have a cemetery on our grounds with over 300 graves. 
Many tourists come oh, yeah? all the time to visit our, our, you know, our temple, and they walk through the graves looking at the old headstones. Oh, so people can go and look? Oh, yes. It's open to the public. Yeah, we don't have any gates or locks. They can wander oh, around wow. freely. Oh, so tourists go up there? Yes. Oh, <coughs> yes. Quite often you see them coming. And um, uh, walking through the cemetery, you'll see some very, very old graves. And one of them belongs to a Matsuguru Igarashi. And he was one of the temple's founders. And he came to Hawaii on that first labor ship from Japan. And this group of contracted laborers is known as the Ganen Mono. Ganen Mono. What? Did I pronounce that right, Sensei? Ganen Mono. Okay, thank Ganden you. Ganen Mono. Yes. And this is what you call the first? The first, I think there were about 148 of these contract you laborers. Put that in. Okay. We're having that technical difficulty. <laughs> 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 yeah, the, the, the headphones work, but, you know, okay. <laughs> they're on your ear. Okay. okay. We also have a two-story pagoda building, which houses, uh, which is serves as our columbarium. What is that? A columbarium is where we have the um, urns, oh, we place the uh -huh. urns. Mm -hmm. Of uh, past members. Uh, yes. Um, and also, because Buddhists has always believed in cremation, we don't have burials at our cemetery. That uh, we ha I can't even remember the last time there was, you know, an actual burial. Uh, most all have since been cremated and urns placed either in the columbarium or they do have a family grave with a niche. Mm. You know, I was telling you that uh, I'm pretty sure my memory serves me correctly that we were there to to bury somebody. You know, was, I remember the ground was very rocky and we had to cover the grave. But that was many years ago. Uh, maybe yeah, at least 30 years, maybe. I was about to say it must have been more than 20 years oh, yeah. because, um, yeah, we haven't had a body burial for, for a long, long yeah, time. But I remember the ground was uh, very rocky. Um, there was a lot of rocks. <laughs> it's still rocky. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Adjacent to the pagoda is a smaller building, a shrine uh, we call the Ojizo, which was erected in 1936 in memory of a child of one of the ministers of Reverend Kitajima. The shrine is dedicated to all children who have passed away. And we do appreciate it when tourists come. They quite often offer incense in memory of these children. So when the tourists come, they're free to, to, to wander the grounds? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. All right. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How often do they go, you think? Oh, if, you know, when we're there during the week, uh, doing whatever, uh, someone will come by. I would say maybe two, at least two. two how how do they know about it? The Internet. Oh. You know, there's actually uh, organizations that 
um, are very interested in all uh, graves. Yeah, yeah. So when they go to on their vacation, uh, let's say, and this happened uh, before, a woman living in I don't remember the state. Her friends were coming to visit Kohala, and she said, you know, I have relatives buried there, and this is the name, and could you take a picture of the grave? And they did find the grave. Uh, we have a directory board that gives oh, a placement uh -huh. of the graves. And so that's when I found out, oh, there's a group of people that, you know, there actually is an organization um, and they help each other to locate family graves. And also, uh, they have information if you're very interested in these old headstones. That's also something that these organizations do. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, in the middle of the cemetery, we have this huge stone monument with carved characters commemorating lives, uh, spirits of the forgotten dead. This was erected in 1938. During the building of the Kohala Ditch, there was uh, an accident uh, where six to eight of these Japanese immigrant workers were killed uh, as a result of an explosion. They did not have known family members in Japan to, you know, to contact. So the Kohala Sugar Company asked the Kohala Jodo Mission if we could bury them in our cemetery. So this stone monument really is, um, is so we don't forget anyone. No one's forgotten. And these were men who helped to build the Kohala Ditch. The Kohala Ditch, ditch. yes. yes. It, wow. Yes. We, we don't know their names. We have not found documentation, but someday we hope that through some research uh, we can find out He's their names and put their names. That would be, yes. Uh, and, and the uh, Kohala Sugar Company asks you folks to do yes. that. for. Yes. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So as long as we say, as long as our temple continues, they will never be forgotten. We have occasions, we have memorial services where we always say prayers for people who have passed away. Uh -huh. And that's part of the Jodo Shu traditions. Well, that's good to know because there's a lot of interest revolving around the Akala Ditch, uh, making use of it, getting it functional again. But you bring up this thing where there were these men who helped to construct the ditch who uh, lost their lives. Mm -hmm. And they're still remembered, maybe not their names or anything, but uh, you, you folks still remember their contributions. Yes, towards, uh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It, it makes me want to go up there and look. Um, you know, you talk about contributions. What we do is we remind ourselves that we should never forget the contributions of our grandparents and parents mm -hmm. because we live the lives today that we ha the lives that we have today is because all of their sacrifices hard work and accomplishments and so yes we too must remember 
this, what we call the six to eight who perished, you know, working on the ditch because they did make a contribution. Yeah, definitely. We talk about unknown graves. Unfortunately, we have just too many of them because as years go by and the elements of the weather, you know, the names have disappeared. So we do have lots that says unknown. I want to share a story with you. Back in 2015, a stone sculptor from Hilo, his name is Christian Marinello. He came to Kohala to visit Polulu Valley area. And then someone directed him to the Kohala Jodo Mission because he was interested in old headstones. Christian told me that as he walked through a, ce a cemetery, he saw unknown grave, grace marked unknown, and he said he felt a little hurt. He felt that the name of the deceased may be unknown, but the individual deserved to be remembered. So the journey of two stones started. He went back to Hakalau Beach, found two stones, and asked permission for the two stones to be used as headstones. He said he prayed, yeah. waited for peace to come over him, clarity, and he said he took the stones home. He asked the stones for permission. Yes. Yeah. We were wow. very concerned when he, he approached us about doing a headstone for his grave. Um, I asked him, oh, what kind of headstone? He said, oh, he's going to go to the beach. And being born and raised in Hawaii, we <laughs> <Yeah>. never pick <laughs> up <laughs> these rocks from the beach. <laughs> so he said, no, no, no. He said he asked permission. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's interesting because uh, even my, my friends uh, will be at a, sp a special event and they'll see something and they'll say, do you want to come home with me? And they ask that stone uh, for permission, do you want to come home with me? And if it's okay, yeah. If it's not, then they don't. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can see you guys concerned about that, yeah. Yes, yes, okay. He inscribed on the headstone a phrase, Kue Ishu, which means we will meet again in the pure land. What language is that? He said Japanese. Oh, Japanese. He's Japanese, Kue Ishu. Kyo, Kue Ishu. 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 We will meet again in the pure land. Because remember earlier I had said the Jodo Shu yeah. Buddhism believes that our spirits go to the pure land. My, my daughter-in-law is from Naga, uh, Japan. Mm. Yeah, and so it's, yeah, she knows more Hawaiian than I do. She got her degree in Hawaiian studies. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, uh, I'll ask her about that. There is another translation also besides we will meet again in the pure land. And then uh, this other translation says we all to come together in the end. This is a message from the deceased saying though, 
although we will be apart for a while, mm -hmm. in the end we will come together in the pure land. This is the essence of Jodoshu Buddhism. That there is life after death, life in the pure land. While the name of this individual is unknown to us and remains unknown to us, this individual in our belief, Jodoshu belief, is that he is with family and friends today. Oh, oh. We hope that one day that our audience would take some time and come and visit this special stone and remember the story of its journey to the Kohala Jodoh Mission. This and is, the, yeah. And the beautiful kindness of Christian Marinello in presenting this to our, for this individual and to our uh, Kohala Jodo mission. Well, I'm, I'm inspired to, uh, to go. Yes, please. You know, I mean, like I said, I've been up there twice in the past 50 years. One was for a bone dance, and the other was for the, uh, the burial. Mm -hmm. But that was about it. But now that you're, you shared all this information, it's like, wow. You know, these are things I like to go and look at. And, and it, yeah. Especially the sculpture and those guys who, uh, you know, died helping to build a ditch and all that. Mm -hmm. I, you might find a group of us working there. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> okay. Now, in our Buddhist, uh, Japanese Buddhist tradition, we have two very important events. Obong Festival and Mochitsuki. Obong Festival, no, Buddhism was introduced into Hawaii and along came with it bond dances. That's how people relate to yeah. a, a Buddhist church, bond dance. Right, right. Or Obong. They it's, love that. People yes, like to go It's do an that. annual Buddhist festival um, held during the months of July and August. And it is our belief that our ancestor spirits come return to this world <coughs> to visit us during the Obong season. Traditionally, we hang lighted uh, lanterns. We put flowers on the graves. And we offer food. So it's a very important tradition. Many, many families who do not live in Kohala, come back to Kohala Obong time to pay respects to their ancestors and visit their graves. Obong is a special time for, for us to remember, reflect, and offer gratitude to our ancestors. Our ancestors play a very, very important part in Jodoshu Buddhism. We say never remember that they came before us. They sacrificed a lot for us. But th this past year, you didn't have bone dance. No, you know, because of COVID, most of the churches oh. did not have uh, bone dances. Oh, there's a warning coming through. Hmm. Hold on.
Uh, hold on. Uh, okay, here we go. Okay. Uh, it interrupted the uh, transmission uh, of the recording. Oh, yeah, okay. so it was a recording your voice just for a few seconds. Okay, we're back on. Okay, yeah, so the lightning out there. Yeah. Um, so the so anyway the for this year the bone dance was canceled because of the uh, because the of COVID. COVID. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. Next year you probably be doing it again, right? We hope so because things seem to be getting much better with COVID. It's not yeah. over. It's not over, so it's something we have to think about. Oh, yeah, yeah, closer yeah. Closer to the Obong season. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. um, so during Obong, you know, dancers dress in their yukatas, which is a cotton kimono or hapi coats. And I remember the Obong where your wife oh. uh, joined in the dancing. <laughs> she had a hapi coat yeah, on. Yeah. Um, oh, she, f she forced me to go. Yeah, and typically <laughs> we do about 35 to 40 dances. It was fun. Uh, what impressed me was I'd been to others, you know, to observe. My wife, she likes to do that. And uh, when I was at Yorobon, yeah, dance, I saw Junior Rabang <laughs> and his wife. And the music they were playing was like an American contemporary song. <laughs> I was going, oh, this is not Japanese. <laughs> well, Esteban Rabang, yeah, Esteban, our Esteban. lead, our lead dancer. Oh, he's a lead dancer. Lead dancer. Oh wow. Um, is also not Japanese. <laughs> yeah, he's Filipino. <laughs> he's Filipino, <laughs> but he's the best that we have. Yeah, he's good he's at best it. That he oh, he absolutely. The women, the audience, love him. Oh, he's good. Yes, we all love him. Now you you you, you teach at the senior citizens uh, when. Yes. Uh, next time you guys say that, I'm going to go. I'm going to give Junior competition. <laughs> okay. Bone dances are Japanese folk dances. And as I say, during the course of the evening, we dance about 35 to 40 dances. Some dances are slow. Some dances are fast. All are really easy to learn on the spot. Um, and they're all also fun to do. It's Obong is a free event to the public, and we always encourage them to participate in the dancing, and they do. Yeah, I know you guys also had uh, refreshments and you know food and we, whatnot. We, yeah. yeah, we have a concession. Yeah, concession. Mm -hmm. That was yes. neat. Mm -hmm. I, I think you could write your name or something. They had some kind of something that you could draw, or I forget. Yeah, those are. Oh. I'll be talking about those oh, lanterns. Okay. okay. So along with the um, Obong Festival, we have a lantern ceremony. Uh, lantern banners uh, are made with silhouettes of the Japanese lantern. And also there is a space where people can write messages uh, of remembrances, uh, prayers, gratitude to lost loved ones. During the evening, these lanterns are hung above the dancers. We always encourage people of all religion to participate in this lantern ceremony because what it really is, it's, it's honoring your ancestors, whether they are Buddhists, Christians, whatever religion. 
to tell you a story because it really stuck to all of us. One year, we had a young mother come with her two young sons, probably about seven and nine, nine years old. She explained to us that her boys were having difficulty <coughs> with the death of their grandmother, which they lost recently. She used the lanterns as a teaching moment for her two young sons. She explained to their sons, to her sons, that grandma was in heaven and she would be so happy to receive their loving messages to her. Throughout the evening, I noticed that the two young boys <coughs> would go up and stare at the lanterns for their grandmother. And I can only imagine what they were thinking. They're two young boys, seven and nine. Before leaving that evening, the mother and her two young sons came back to us and thanked us. You know, we all have lost loved ones. And we all are in different places in accepting the passing of our loved ones. <coughs> Many people have told us that they appreciate being able to do lanterns for their loved ones, especially for someone who has passed recently. Wow. This is why <coughs> every year over 40,000 people participate in the Floating Lantern uh, Festival. Our lanterns are not floated in the ocean or, or down a river. Yeah. But the message we send our ancestors are the same. Can I share something with you? Um, you know, there's um, a lot of a lot of a lot of discussion, but they, they have a saying. You know, it's like keep kohala kohala, and you know what exactly does it mean to people? But something that you're talking about here, you know, it's something that um, I don't know. I, I I really feel very strongly about it, and you're talking about the values of the people. You know, the values that make koala koala, which is, well, in, in this instance, it's the respect and love for our ancestors, our grandparents. And to, and you have these uh, ceremonies, these events, where we, we take the time to recognize their contributions and the opportunities that they gave us so that we can excel and do better in life. And to me, I think that's what it's all about. Uh, what you're sharing with your stories, mm -hmm. you know, of the respect and the value of our ancestors. Thank you. You talked about respect. We also pay special tribute to the 22 Kohala men who died in World War II, the <coughs> Korean War, and the Vietnam conflict. The Kohala National Guard also participates in this, tri this uh, tribute by presenting a flag and a flower 
next to each soldier's lantern. Oh, so you have a lantern for each? Each soldier, yes. Wow. And we do this every obong. We were also going to try to do, and I'll talk about this later, Memorial Day. Okay. You, you know, I was telling you earlier that it's only a one-hour show. We've got about 20 minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> I can speak fast. When I was working and we had to entertain visitors, we always asked the boss, do you, do you want the 20-minute <laughs> or do you want the hour? We can go either way. Was okay. uh, Reverend, uh, was he going to share anything? or? Well, um, <laughs> yes, uh, he has things to say at the end. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. Nice. So another important event for us and part of the Buddhist, uh, Japanese Buddhist tradition, it's mochi tsuke, the making of oh, mochi yeah, at fun. New Year's. Okay. In the 1800s, Japanese plantation workers brought the tradition of mochi making to Hawaii. In the old school ways, mochi was hand pounded using heavy wooden mallets. This method was backbreaking and it took all day to do. Although there are many people who still do it the old school way, say it was fun, it's still fun, and they believe that pounding the mochi that way is the only way to make mochi. But nowadays, especially my generation, <laughs> <laughs> we use <laughs> electric mochi <laughs> making machines. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> it cooks the rice, and pounds the rice into mochi consistency. Really? Oh, it, it's, it's awesome to watch this machine do that. <laughs> <laughs> so much for keep koala koala. <laughs> but, but we also have no, no, fun. No. Yeah, yeah. But we let the machine do most of the work. Yeah, like so we get to go home earlier than the mochi pound. Well, you mentioned earlier, you know, like our ancestors or our, our grandparents, et cetera, they're very self-reliant. They had these skills. They had to fix something. They could do it themselves. Today, you know, we can mow the grass, work the weed here, but, you know, he told us, oh, go build something. Oh, I don't know. You got to go hire somebody. <laughs> so you have a mochi-making machine. <laughs> mochi-making <laughs> okay. machine. All right. I got it. <laughs> okay. Um, so before each new year, members and friends get together to make mochi for good luck, prosperity, and happiness. It is considered good omen for the home and the temple. The mochi is placed on the temple altar, and most uh, Japanese Buddhists also have altars in their homes. And since we don't want to chance good luck, many of us place mochi throughout our homes. Oh, well, it takes on another significance for me. Because for me, mochi, you know, I eat it. Eat the mochi. But I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think about, you know, good luck or anything. But now I know. So when I'm eating it, yeah. Especially when made during uh, oh, New Year's. Oh, right, right, New right. New Year's. Yeah. That's yes. coming up soon. This is not the same as the two ladies mochi. Oh, that, yeah, the, yes. I like the strawberry one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We have a very small membership. 
But as busy as we are fixing that, fixing this, cleaning this, and cleaning that, we believe that we still need to give back something to the community. And one way we do is every Memorial Day, we go to the Kohala Civic Center and say a prayer for the Kohala soldiers, the 22 who died in the World War II, Korean War, and the Vietnam conflict. At the entrance of the Senior Center building, there's three plaques with the names of the soldiers who died. Their pictures are also on the wall of the Senior Center that's facing the highway. These soldiers are Kohala's true heroes. Let's not forget that, that they did the, you know, they gave the ultimate sacrifice. They all died at such a young age. You know, these boys, they were boys, young boys when they went to war, um, didn't have a chance to experience life while outside of Kohala. So it's important that we do not forget them. Outstanding. Yes. Yeah, you're right. They're taking in the flower of the youth. Another thing uh, I want to share with your audience is that we are planning to do a rummage sale in December or January. Watch for our posters. We have donations from several estate sales and homes going up for sale. We keep getting asked, when are you having your rummage sale? Soon. It is a big fundraiser for us, but we also give back to the community by giving them great deals on these items. <laughs> <laughs> Were you in marketing? <laughs> <laughs> okay. We also uh, teach bone dance every Friday at the Senior Center from 9 to 1030. Really? Yes. You mean like now? Yes. We've been doing it for that. over half a year, I think. Be nine to ten in the morning at the seniors? Every Friday. Every oh Friday. Oh, my gosh. You guys hear that? Yes. Yes. Oh, let's have a whole bunch of bone yes. dancers. It's a form of exercise for the seniors. So we call it bone dancer size. <laughs> right on. <laughs> you know, I'm going to say something about the rummage sale. Yes. You know, that, that's one of the events uh, in Kohala. There's other church groups, organizations that they're known for their rummage sales and people wait for them because you get a lot of good deals, you know. So, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, that, that's part of Kohala is, is, is these uh, events that they have. And people turn out, I mean, choke oh, people. They love it. Oh, they love it. We have women that stay for hours, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but, but they love it. And I believe we have one of the biggest rummage sales in Kohala simply because I have friends who do estate sales, so we get the leftovers, uh -huh. and we also know realtors. Before their, their homes, the homes go up for sale, you know, oh uh, yeah, the owners donate a lot of leftovers. Oh, great. Mm -hmm. Oh, looking forward we to it. We also do estate. I also do estate oh, yeah. sales. Mm -hmm. Oh, no one yes. there. Okay. So one of the deals with the homeowners that we get the leftovers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right so on. it works out great. And by the way, uh, 
the public's invited to join us for this bone dancer size classes. Jeez, oh, yeah, that's great. Uh, Friday, Friday, nine to ten o'clock. Nine to ten thirty. I never thirty. knew that. I mm-hmm. never knew that. Well, that's good mm-hmm. to know. Yes. And people are whoever yes. wants to come up and, mm-hmm. and learn how to mm-hmm. do that. Yes. Oh, that's good to know. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's great. And the I may go. And the added benefit is when the obong season comes around, they all know oh, how you, to dance. Yeah, you can go mm-hmm. out there and yes. give uh, Junior or Esteban <laughs> <laughs> some competition there. <laughs> Here's that Esteban. <laughs> We're he coming for you. He is known throughout this island. Oh, he's good. He's, a, he's very good. Yeah. And he teaches, right? He was yes. teaching, huh? And he is the best teacher to have. He can count. He's musical, so he can count the beats. <laughs> that's one of the difficult things about being a leader is you have to oh, be able to count the right, beats, right, know when right. to start. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, he yeah. knows that. He can also call out the dance moves, <laughs> you know, while dancing. Yeah, yeah. I can do only Japanese, one right? or the other. Yeah, he yells them in Japanese, right? <laughs> No. Oh, no. <laughs> we really break it down to very simple. Full moon, half oh, moon. that's right. That's yes. Right, that's right. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to say we've we got like nine minutes left. Okay. Um, well, uh, I can finish off in five minutes. Okay. So our challenge today, and it's a huge challenge, is how do we keep our temple going with so few members? We are fortunate that when we do have these big events, we have many... F- uh, family members and friends that come to help us. And this challenge of human resources grows every year. Religion as a whole is facing diminishing membership. It is not only a Buddhist challenge. Older members are entering care facilities, moving away for better uh, medical care, or they're passing away. The younger generation, after high school, they move away to go to school, or they're not connected to religion. According to, now this is very interesting, I was startled by this number. According to a study that was done by the Pew Research Center, three in 10 adults do not claim any religion. One thing is clear to us. We cannot only focus on increasing our membership. We must be open to changes, big changes in some situations. We must cross cultural lines such as offering our temple to other community events. We recently hosted a meditation group. Our quest for diversity in use of our temple will broaden with time and experience. Our temple is a place for us to practice our Buddhist faith, and hopefully in the future, it'll be a place of diverse community events. Our grandparents and parents sacrificed a lot to establish, to build, establish their temple. And the deepest way we can honor them is to carry their heritage into the future. 
our temple ground is open to the public, and we hope that someday some of you will make a trip up there and look at some of the uh, things that makes the Kohala Jodo Mission history. Well, thank you very much. Uh, what I can say is you really inspired me. I want to go. I want to go take a look at that sculpture and and you know and all the things that you talked about. Um, I think what I feel is the values that you have or that your group has are values that I think we as uh, people of Koala, uh, we have those values. I may not, uh, I have a, uh, I belong to a different religion, but I don't know, I see a lot of similarities. There, there is yeah. a lot and of so, similarities. But, but what I see is, yeah, you know, I like to support, uh, the bone dance would be one, and uh, of course the rummage sale, supporting that, I mean, I'm, I'm very touched that uh, Memorial Day, you, you do this with the 22 uh, soldiers that gave their lives for us, uh, freedom. And, you know, all these wonderful things that you guys are doing. And I think it's, you know, thanks to uh, this opportunity that people can come to know of uh, what you guys are about and what you do. But thank you very much, oh, Joy. Thank you. Yeah, mm -hmm. we've got five minutes left. Okay, yeah, Reverend Watson, <coughs> can you share some of the information? Uh -huh. Oh, thank you, Jeff, for uh, having us this uh, evening. Um, I'm a, a Wajira once. I'm the 20th minister of the Kohala Jodo Mission. All the ministers before me came from Japan, so I'm the uh, exceptional because we are looking at my face. He's Japanese or what? But I'm from, <laughs> yeah. I'm from yeah. Sri Lanka. Uh, I have been minister in Kohala Jodo Mission now uh, since 2009, so it is going to be 13 years. Uh, I am the second to Reverend, uh, uh, Reverend Kitajima, who had saved 32 years So there. So other ministers, uh, most of them, the short time, about three years and change, three years and change. Uh, the, the Kohala Jodo Mission uh, established Reverend Shoshin Anzai. He came to Kohala and rented one house and he started the mission later with the help from the Japanese immigrant. Uh, those days all the temple uh, had the Japanese school. So the Kohala Jodo Mission, uh, all building is a two-story so we assume that the first uh, story, first floor is the Japanese school and the second floor is the, uh, the shrine hall. Uh, on this island we have the sixth temple, uh, Jodo Shu, Jodo temple. Also, all the state of Hawaii we have about 13 temples and the 10 ministers today but it used to be 16 temple and 38 ministers those days. So the Japanese school and the church was so active with the immigrants and the, so busy. So I like to share the, we, the 
the founder of the St. Hornin, he composed this uh, uh, poem, what do you call uh, It's an English uh, translation. Though the moon illuminates the world, leaving no corner in darkness, only those who gaze upon the moon appreciate its serene light. I think this is a good lesson, not only Jodo, but in our life, uh, what we look, what we appreciate, is depend all of all of us. Even the moon is there. If we don't look at it, we don't appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're right. I yesterday I was with my sister. And we went together, Noni, down at the beach. And I, we sat down and we watched the sunset. We haven't done that since we're kids. And you're right. It's there every evening. But we don't look at it. Unless we take the time to sit down and, and look at that, you know. So thank you very much, Reverend Kwanzaa. Yeah, everything in our life that we don't look at it, yeah. we don't understand it. We have to look those things more peacefully and serene. Thank you very much. Thank you. We're surrounded by a beautiful uh, ocean. And Joy, earlier you said, boy, before we could go any place throughout Kohala. Cannot now, but we can see it in our memories and all the wonderful things that uh, we enjoyed as, uh, as youth. But thank you very much. Thank I know you. you you travel a long distance, uh, and then a safe journey home. Thank you. Oh no, you stay here tonight, yeah? Yeah, uh, maybe. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much, Joe. I really appreciate you guys taking the time and, and the effort to uh, share all of this with the uh, koala people. And uh, I'd like to encourage them. They're more than welcome to go up uh, straight up the um, the police station road and. Uh, go in and, and look at the uh, the sculpture and the monuments and and you know the things that you shared with us this evening and participate in Fridays nine to ten a.m. to learn about uh, the bone dance and bone How do you pronounce it? A bone dancer size. Oh, bone dancer size. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Thank uh, you. Yeah. Uh, next Thursday is Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. Yes. So uh, I'll be playing an encore. I'll be spending time with the family. And I'll be sure to uh, take the time uh, with my family to remember our ancestors at that time and be thankful for the opportunities that they gave us uh, for our in our lifetime. But thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. Aloha. And Kohala. Uh, we'll see you not next Thursday, but the Thursday after that. And thank you guys for listening in. I'll see you next time. Aloha. This is Aloha Country on KNKI.